Well, hello and greetings, and thank you once again for choosing to listen to the Traveling Pulpit podcast. My name is Vernon Sheridan, and I want to thank you for all who who uh, give support to this podcast. Uh, just you know, just giving an ear or even sharing this podcast with with your friends and your family. On today. I want to just extend a very happy Mother's Day to all the mothers and mother figures because today is Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to you all. On today, we are we are going to talk about what makes Jesus the ultimate authority, having been born of a woman who was a sinner. Now, it is one thing to ask this question, but it is another thing to prove the truthfulness of this question. Today, we're going to prove what makes Jesus the ultimate authority, having been born of a woman who was a sinner. My first statement, the corrupt seed or the corrupted seed. So how could Christ be the authority or the ultimate authority if his earthly mother was a sinner? You see, it all goes back to the Garden of Eden. When man chose to disobey God and and sin entered into the world. See, everything we go through in this world can be traced back to the disobedience of God through man in the Garden of Eden. Not only... Did sin enter into the world is sin also entered into mankind, meaning that every life giving organ, organism and seed inside of man died, though not immediately. But over the course of his life, everything inside of man and woman dies. God because of that, chose a virgin to be the host carrier for the Son of God. Why? Because the womb of the virgin has not yet received the sinful seed to produce more sin into the world. In other words, the womb has not been corrupted or has not been um, or has not been given the, the 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 sentence of death in her womb because the seed of man has died because of the disobedience man chose in the garden but god chose the virgin of a womb chose the the womb of a virgin sorry god chose the womb of a virgin because it had not yet received the sinful seed to produce more sin in the world. However, the woman, she is a sinner because of the seed that was used to produce her. Though she is a sinner, she has not received sinful seed. Through her unspoiled womb, life, everlasting life, would now enter the world in the form of Jesus the Christ. John 3.16 puts it this way. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And I want to point out that I read and study and use the English Standard Version Bible. It reads a little differently from the King James, New King James, NIV, or or what translation you choose to, to use uh, when you study from. But I choose the English Standard Version. In the book of Luke, the first chapter, the 31st verse, the angel Gabriel, who was charged with bringing the good news to Mary, said to her, You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. If you go down to verses 34 and 35, the conversation ensues between Mary and Gabriel. Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered her, The Holy Spirit, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Well, that leads me to my my second statement. Christ, the ultimate authority. Christ, the ultimate authority. John describes or John described as the one whom Jesus loved, certified Christ's authority this way. In the, in the book that bears his name, the first chapter, the first, first through the fifth verse, you'll find these words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shined in the darkness, and the darkness has not received it. During his earthly 33 years that He walked on the earth and was a part of the everyday lives with the people within a 40 mile radius from his hometown. Jesus faced all sorts of challenges and opposition from religious leaders and unbelievers. However, it did not sway him from his mission or his purpose for coming into this sin infested world. He did so to offer eternal life to all who would accept his free gift of eternal salvation. In fact, the Apostle Paul puts it this way in the book of Colossians, the first chapter, the 15th and 16th verse. He is, meaning Christ, is the image of the invisible God. Now notice he calls God invisible because After God put out the man and the woman from the Garden of Eden, he removed himself from from the viewing of all human beings because God cannot look upon sin. So so 
So Paul starts out by saying that Christ is the physical image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority, all things were created through him and for him. So Paul is saying that he is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. Now, being the Lamb of God, Jesus understood the role he would take on by coming to this world. He understood the very nature for volunteering for this mission trip, but he came anyway, simply because he was the lamb that God would use to sacrifice to cover the world so that when he looked upon the world, he would not destroy it. Being the lamb of God, Jesus laid down his life by allowing himself to be beaten, tortured, having the flesh torn from his body and nailed to a cross and eventually died. While being hung, suspended in midair, having, his, having, having only the nails in his hands and feet to keep him from falling to the ground. He did this because he knew it was the right thing to do. He knew that we deserved an opportunity. But what opportunity do we deserve? We're sinners. We deserve the opportunity because God so loved the world that he gave his son that those who would accept him would have eternal salvation. He didn't come to destroy the world, but through him that the world might be saved. That's why he came. That's why he is the lamb of God. That is why he is the ultimate authority because he is the ultimate sacrifice. And that leads me to my third statement. Christ, the eternal authority. Christ being the eternal authority. After they unhooked him, one nail at a time, being ever so careful to not allow his lifeless body to fall, they prepared his body for burial and they wrapped him in linen, covered him with spices and myrrh. Real quick, myrrh is the spice brought to Jesus as a child from the one of the three wise men. If you remember, they were going to go and view the child, but they had to go another way because Herod wanted to kill the child. Myrrh was one of the spices that was given to the child, the Christ child. I believe he was two years old when the spice was given to him. Not only was it a spice given to him then, but it was also a spice that was given to him that would prepare his burial. And so as they were preparing him for burial, 
They put him in a borrowed tomb and they sealed the entrance with a large stone. Can you imagine? I certainly can't imagine someone doing this for me. Can you imagine the things that, that, that we, we do in this world, how we treat each other in this world, how we look at each other in this world, how we want to be separated from, from one another in this world. Can, can you imagine someone coming down to be beaten, spit upon, have the flesh torn from his body and then being nailed to a cross where he would eventually die for people like us? For sinners. He did that. He did that. He took those nails for us. He laid down his life for us. He was the, he, he was determined to do the will of his father. Three days. They laid him in that borrowed tomb. Three days. Not by our American calendar, but by the Jewish Hebrew calendar. It's made up differently from the American calendar. Three days, Christ remained obedient to the will of the Father and also the satisfaction of the cultural tradition. Believe that that, that at that time, the, the culture was that the soul left the body after three days after death, which is why Jesus waited a fourth day to get Lazarus because he wanted to show those who were witnesses that Lazarus soul had already departed from the body. So Jesus waiting three days, the, 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 the custom at that, the traditional custom was that the soul left the body after three. But Jesus only, he, he only stayed down for three, but early on the first day morning, all that was put away. All of that was set aside and he got up with all power in his hand. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus told Peter upon this rock. I would build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against that. Paul brings this message to a close this afternoon in the book of Colossians. Again, the book of Colossians, we're going back there. The first chapter, 17th and 20th, 17th to 20th verse. And it says, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that everything he might be preeminent. That in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Hallelujah. Friends, our God is so for you and not against you 
He wants to give you a better life and not take it from you. But today you have a choice. Do you want the life that Christ has available for you? Or do you want what the world is trying to give you now? Only what you do for God will last. God used the womb of a virgin to give the world a chance at eternal salvation and inclusion into God's family. Well, family, that's all I have for today. I am so grateful that this message is now officially going out to the hearers. I pray that you will share this message uh, once you listen to it with your friends and your families, uh, with with people who believe, people who are struggling in their belief and people who don't believe at all. This message is for everyone. Everyone deserves a chance. Everyone needs to hear the word of God. This is not me trying to prove something. This is me telling you who changed me. That's all it is. That's all it is. The word of God, it is just meant to tell somebody what God has done for them. Because that's all the Bible is. The Bible is the stories telling us what God did for them. We can't add to the Bible. And we can't take away from the Bible, but we can use the Bible to tell others just what God has done for us in our lives. And I am so thankful that God has done, is doing, and will continue to do an amazing work in my life. And I pray the same for you. I don't know who you are. That will be listening. I don't know what situation that you're in, but I do know that God knows. So I, I ask that you will listen, that you will share and that you will tell that you will encourage them to share because the word, once it goes out, it doesn't come back void. So that's what I ask. That's all I have. That's my time. I'm going to be um, preparing a new message for Wednesday for the uh, midweek refuel and recharge. I love you once again. My name is Vernon Sheridan. This is the Traveling Pulpit Podcast. You have a blessed week and we will do this again on Wednesday. And then after Wednesday, we will do it once again on Sunday. I love you. Bye.